Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, John Cooler. Hello, Mustang fans, and welcome to another Ford Performance Edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm your host, John Clore, and as the Enthusiast Communications Manager for Ford Performance, I hope that you are reading my efforts in the Enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com every week. And as always, my co-host is none other than longtime club president and Mustang hobby and industry guru, Mike Ray, who is known in the enthusiast world as the king of connections. And Mike, this is another one of your great connections tonight. Our guest is talk about being connected in the Mustang hobby. Uh, one of my favorite people and been connected with him since I literally got in the hobby in 05. And we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on that because when I first pulled my car in, I had a lot of CDC parts on there. And when I say CDC, we talk no other than George Huseman, right? Yeah, George Huseman of Classic Design Concept. George, thank you for joining us tonight on the Mustang Owners Podcast. Pleasure, anytime. Well, you say that, but we've been watching your exploits and you're all over the place. And we think it's because Classic Design Concepts wants to know what's going on out there. And you kind of walk around with your ears open to listen to what, what people want. Is that why you're always on top of things, George? That's how I that's how I approach it anyway. I try to get out there amongst the people and see what's going on and stay in tune, stay, stay in front of people. That's all. Well, as founding Classic Design Concepts, a lot of people don't know uh what exactly that is and so you decided that you know you wanted to get into this business how did you get into first of all mustangs and then this business of coming up with great ideas for people who want to customize their mustang and make it even cooler than the factory made it uh mustangs has always kind of been in the blood i guess i started out young with my uh my brother and i both are mustang enthusiasts and you know over the years you just kind of learn little things that people like and at one point in time i uh well we, we reproduce a lot of older mustang type stuff as well but the the new cdc stuff um just turns out to be um enthusiast driven really i mean it was it was some product like the light bar that um was our mainstay product um it, it just felt like it fit the mustang and figured i'd take it into the new world into the new car well, I know that one was kind of the one that put you on the map, but I got to tell you, for folks that are following Ford today and uh, have some great names from the past, it seems enthusiasts have an idea of what a Mustang should be, and the company says, you know what, um, we can't do that, and then they make things like a Mach 1, and it didn't have a shaker hood on it, and you decided, well, we can do that, and, <laughs> and now, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, in case you have a brand new Mach 1 and you don't really appreciate the fact that it didn't have a shaker, I'm here to tell you that I have a Classic Design Concepts uh, shaker on my 2006 Mustang GT, and George, I absolutely love it. It really brings you back. Yeah, I love it. Um, that's part of the, you know, that's the Classic Design Concepts name, right? Taking some of the old and bringing it into the new. That's, yeah, but on mine, somebody told me that you actually – I mean, I don't know if this is rumor or not, but you guys at, at the shop decided, well, we're, how are we going to make this thing look authentic? So you actually used a shaker from the 60s. Is that true? We did, absolutely. We used the original castings. 
Um, well, we did this originally on the O three and four. Right, right. You know, three and four, we did that with Ford. And then uh, we used the same castings for the current Mustang. Um, just felt like it fit and felt like it looked right and it gave people the enthusiast, you know, gave the enthusiast uh, what they were looking for. Oh, yeah. If, you, if you've if you been around long enough and, you know, unfortunately, maybe you and Mike are not quite as uh, up there in years as I am. But I got to tell you, <laughs> I remember the Shakers. I'm driving around with my brother and some guy had a Torino. And uh, I said, that is the freaking coolest thing. And then, of course, when the 03 Mach came out and um, you guys, you know, you did a killer job on that car. And that really made the Mach 1 back then. I mean, there's, and that's a 95 uh, Mach 1 version was very popular. Those that really put the name back uh, into where it belongs and getting it into a modern day iteration. And I, you know, I was at SVT at the time and, you know, you got a lot of SVT parts on that car, but it, what really separated you was the shaker. And then you weren't, you weren't done with that. When S197 came out, you thought, you know, that car would look really good with a shaker. And of course, that's what I popped into an S197 shaker. And now how did it happen that when S550 came out and you said, oh, they're going to make a mock. How did you wind up getting that business too? Uh, well, we work with, close with Ford and a lot of different, you know, low low production volume components, right? Different parts. Um, so they they always they always help us out with data or vehicles early ahead of time, whatever it takes to get the product out there, right? Well, that, that's the question, and Mike, you know, I guess that's why you see George at so many events is because how do you know? If Ford said, you know, we're not going to put a shaker on the car, how do you know if you your, your company, Classic Designs Concept, wants to get involved? If you know, how do you know you're doing the right thing? And Mike, don't you think that feedback directly from your club members is really kind of what makes it happen for George? Well, absolutely. Just like George said, you got to stay out in front of the people, and the grassroots way is the way to go. And another thing we're really looking at besides the shaker, um, what's one of the most famous parts on uh, any of the Mustangs? SN95s and up um, is his um, the light bar um, for the convertible. So, I mean, how popular is that, right? Yeah. And, you know, George, you know, a lot of people, especially when if you're into racing and you notice a lot of the uh, performance race cars had the light bars on the, on the pace car convertibles. And, you know, those have been around for years and years and years. But, you know, engineering that and getting that out there, I mean, I know it puts you on the map, but is that why you guys, are you still do installs of those on, on all kinds of years of Mustangs? We do. We go from like 1989 and up um, Mustangs, any convertible. Um, we used to do a lot of installs at shows, like Mike's show especially. We, we'd set up a little, uh, set up our trailer rig out there, and we'd have our crew just doing light bars all day long. It'd be one in, one out, one in, one out. Same thing at Carlisle. Oh, yeah. All the enthusiast events we'd have, we'd literally do 70, 80 cars through a weekend. Oh, wow. Tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, I saw, Mike, I was up at your dealership and uh, saw one of the uh, conversions out there of, of these really cool spoilers. And the car looked, you know, you look at a car and you go, there's something different about that. That's not factory. And then you told me, oh, no, that's a lot of the outlaw stuff. And how did this outlaw idea come into some of your spoilers that you're offering to the general public, George? Um, outlaw was, we started that for the 2015 and up, um, just to give a, the car, obviously, a little different styling because 
everybody wants to make their cars a little bit different. That was a product that we sold to Ford Motor Company for their um, accessories department, you know, for, for accessories, mm -hmm. especially through um, Japan, Taiwan, um, China, that whole region through there, Australia. Sold a lot of them down there. And it was, a, it was basically a package that you could buy through the dealerships. And the, those components ended up going across the board in lots of different vehicles. Um, some of the some of the components go to Roush. Some of them go to, um, so I'm not, sorry, Shelby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Celine, but Shelby. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So, so people see uh, an item like that, and you know, at Carlisle, they, you get to install them there, but. Say they see it online, they go to the CDC website and they go, Hey, that's really cool. Do they have to get a distributor or to go to a how do you find those parts? Um, if, you, if you're a consumer, basically, you can get some of them, you can get them through Ford Accessories. Um, through Ford, well, yes, there, some of the dealers, there's not a lot of dealerships around the country that actually do it, but um, we have dealer installers, um, we call them re the restyling industry. So they'll service dealerships. Yeah. We'll, sell, we'll sell them the parts and they service the dealership. I'm not sure who you have out here at your dealership, Mike, but there's there's installers all around in all the major cities. So, Mike, don't you just buy the part and install it yourself in your backyard? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> and you know, one thing I can tell you, too, is that was the coolest sight is watching stuff get installed live at a show, especially my first time ever at Carlisle watching them drill the hood for the shaker live on the ground. Um, that is just a sight to see, and it's it's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, at Mustang Memories, I remember, remember George, I mean, there was times where, hey, there's people that, their cars in the spectator lot, but they want to come in and get a light bar. Can we bring them in? Absolutely <laughs> bring them in. I mean, that's what they're there for. So, um, yeah, if somebody feels like that, they can just go to a car store and they walk out with an upgrade. How cool is that, right? You don't get that at every car store. So, it's definitely an added uh, a piece that the the grassroots enthusiasts absolutely love. Yeah, they really do enjoy that because you know they can make their cars completely different uh, just in a very short period of time, and they go, "Wow, what happened?" And you go back to the car show, and your car is different. And the yeah, next guy exactly. says, "Well, where'd you get that done?" And then the next guy, "Where'd you get that done? Where'd you get that? right over there?" And yeah, yeah. I mean, remember the pedal covers, um, yeah. sequential tail lights, uh, hood struts. Anything you could think of, that's all CDC, and uh, they did all a ton of that on site uh, for anybody who wanted to do an upgrade at a show. And like you said, you leave and you got a completely different car than what you came there with. Yeah, people love that. You can just see their smile as they're watching. Some of them don't like to watch, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I was going to say. That's why we say let's uh, let's go have George's team install it because Mike, can you imagine? You know, your pride and joy Mustang, and you want to get a shaker, and you're going to see some guy. <laughs> <laughs> drill a hole. I, I was shaking watching that 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 hill that hole get drilled for the the shaker the first time I've seen it. I'm like, wow! But I go, how cool is that, right? Yeah, but the, I don't want to be the guy doing it. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> right. <laughs> you get you, know, the, you get you get the saber saw noise going across the the show field, and people, everybody's got to look. Oh God! Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, nobody wants to be that. <laughs> for me, my luck is I'd get be bitten by a mosquito as I'm doing it, and then I go, oops. <laughs> yep. hate when that happens. Yeah, right. <laughs> then you make a left turn with a saw that somebody says, "Hey, uh, that shaker didn't come out right." This is why you guys exist, and uh, you know, George. The nice thing about you guys—I mean, you really engineer these parts. I can tell you this: I've had people that looked at all of these, all three generations, at least on the shakers, on the light bars. They really 
look factory. And I mean, I don't know where you come up with the, the sourcing on this or the design guys, but they, they it looks like you spend some time making sure it looks right and that the pieces are durable. But I think the most important part that if they fit right, you know what I mean? That to Blink me- bars too. Yeah, that's important for somebody that's really got their pride Mustang and they want that piece to look like you just had it custom done at Ford Motor Company. So I don't know, do uh, you have a team of designers or, I mean, somebody said it's mostly you, George. Yeah, well, yeah, it is driven by me, but I have a, a good team behind me as well. That helps me get it executed properly. But that's the best comment I get is when people say that it looks like it belongs there. And I pride myself on that because I, I like to make it look like it belongs there <laughs> rather than just adding something to a car and going, wow, look what I did. Well, we've seen a lot of that, haven't we, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Where we, you know, and, you know, let's be, I want to be sensitive to all the people out there listening in the Mustang Owners podcast tonight. We're talking to George Huseman of Classic Design Concepts. And a lot of people, um, they have free reign with their Mustang. If they want to put, you know, 30 inch dubs on it and uh, speckle paint and, and wings and that are off of Honda Accords or fart pipes or whatever they, whatever that makes them, that's fine. Uh, because, you know, guess what? Everybody's taste is different. But George, I think what separates your stuff from a lot of these suppliers, and you know, I'm not making fun of. I grew up with J.C. Whitney, okay. There you go. <laughs> so some of, that, some of that, stuff. Some of that stuff. I don't know where. It, not only didn't it work and didn't it fit, but it didn't look right once you got it on the car, and and that that was kind of like a cut. But I, I think the the what separates the the players from guys have been along around as long as you have george is that yeah it, it fits it looks right and I, I hats off to your your designers and the guys that work on these parts for you that's why people are asking us all the time what do you guys got what do you i know you can't talk about future product but what are you working on now what what's really exciting you when you go to a car show and you look at stuff what kind of stuff are you looking at george myself um i just i, I like looking at cars and see how i can make them a little bit better right if, some of the some of the cars are getting more and more difficult to do because you know they're they're starting to look pretty good but um i just look for little angles a little this little that to make them unique because i know everybody that has a mustang wants to make them their own they want to personalize it so but like you said i like to make things look like they belong there so it takes a little bit more effort a little more engineering design well, you'd think with uh, with so much different tastes out there in the world that people would start saying, well, the, maybe I'll do things myself. There are some craftsmen, and we've seen, Mike, at some of your shows where guys have just made some serious mods in their car, some of them in metal, some of them in fiberglass, and you say, wow, you did that. And it does set your, you know, your mind going on uh, what ideas, how far you can take Mustang. And I, I, I think that, the, you know, everybody has changed their wheels out. But it's the things, George, like grills and taillights, you know, spoilers, those things are still a big, even though Ford, you're right, I think is doing a much better job today trying to get that car coming out of the factory looking right. But the grills, like on the Outlaw, where did you come up with that design? Um, yeah, <laughs> again, it's just, it's, you get a little uh, vision in your head, you you. I can't draw, so I have to have my guy draw it up for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to get it out of my head and into his paper, and then we start from there and put it in the computer and start 
massaging it to where we think it looks good. The key to good wheels is really getting the right offset, you know, getting the wheel out a little bit further, mm -hmm. getting the stance just right. Um, it's, it's a challenge. Wheels are, wheels are a tough market because there's so much out there. Everybody does wheels, right? Yeah. And, uh, and staying ahead of, um, the curve really, you know, that, and the colors, um, you know, the copper color seems to come to mind. Doesn't it, Mike, when you think of unique colors? Oh <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite cars ever, George, if you want to talk about that. But before we get to that real quick, John, I want to talk, touch bases. When I first bought my 05 Mustang, you know, I was really new. I mean, I was always a Mustang lover, but I never was really in the hobby or things like that to take it to car shows. So I got that. My first things I got were a back dovetail spoiler. I got a front chin spoiler. I got the hood struts and I got the sequential tail lights. And mm -hmm. I pulled into Mustang Memories in 2005. And John, I was just a brand new member. I was not on the board or anything like that. Wow. And as I was pulling in, we did a promo that if you had no five, you got in for free that year just to, you know, show off some of the new new Mustangs that were out there. And CDC had a booth as soon as the pull-in was there. And they stopped me and said, look at all the parts on there from us. You know what I mean? And that's how I started the relationship with CDC. And uh, that's literally what... 18 years ago and uh like i said i think it's stronger than ever but uh yeah let's let's talk about one of my favorite cars there george uh the the nice little copper one you you created oh the bad penny i think you're talking about right yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah well again we do a lot of stuff with ford and um they give us um you know cars basically to dial up for sema show and that, that was one of our projects that year so we built it completely and I just had to do something different. It was a black car and the copper I just thought was like, I've seen this translucent copper paint that was brand new that, mm -hmm. that came out. It was actually more like a powder coat. I had to use it somewhere. And when I got a black car, I said, here it goes. This is this is what we got to do. So we did a so nice little accent. The idea of like a penny, you know what I mean? Like, how did you come up with that? Like a bad penny. <laughs> like a yeah. bad penny. Because it's not yeah, like yeah. shiny copper. It was like a anodized it was just it was just Trans striking translucent almost right you could kind yeah. of see through it and yeah that was the whole goal that's why i liked it so much but i don't know the, the penny was copper you know what else did you do and we, we actually made emblems i'm sure you're aware of those for the, like the, oh yeah the airbag and the the, the front fender emblems were yep kind of mimicked the penny and blew it up and put the the little pony in there and i don't know that was a fun car to do we did that car like in a really really short order I remember Ford, we're supposed to get the one of the first cars off the line. And like, okay, we're, we got the car like um, October, middle of October, and we had to have it at SEMA on November 1st. <laughs> yep. Well, we know how that goes, huh, George? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and you know, uh, John, um, a fellow Moxham owner member uh, owns that car this day. Yeah. Well, that's right. When you to get that car. You yeah. sold the property off, you know. You know, that just goes to show you folks that uh, it's it's sometimes it's not over the top styling and, you know, um, just something that blows your eyes off. It's something there's something about CDC stuff with copper penny. Uh, the, the bad penny car was just something you turned your head in and say, what is it? It's the color. You can do things with color and real subtle design changes. And of course, the car had great stance. The wheels really made it, George, let's face it. Uh, yeah, but thanks. it was one of those head turners where there's that color, you know, black and gold has been done ad nauseum thanks to Hertz, but uh, it's still <laughs> it's, it's still great. 
Don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah, you're right. I'll end up doing my car that way when I do my 78. But the bottom line for you was, here's this really cool color, and, and you didn't use a ton of it, George. It was just just the right amount of it, and then just in just the right places, and it accentuates the body line and the stance. And man, when that car, I don't blame you. I I would have kept Bad Penny. I would still be driving around it if I were you. <laughs> I know. I had a hard time getting rid of that one, but. Uh... He he hit me up pretty hard. He, every time I'd see him, he'd say, "I got to own that car. I got to own that car." Which, you know, I'm, I'm glad glad he's got it and enjoying it. So, well, it kind of makes it kind of forces you to think of the next kind of little cool little car that classic design concepts will come out with that turns people's heads. And uh, again, hats off on just the, the really cool application of color. But now, on Mike's car, on the other hand, you know, there's always. Uh, I mean, that ducktail spoiler brings back so many, so many memories. I'm from a second gen car and you know, that those, those ducktails were so cool. And when Mike put it on his car, I felt immediately bad about my car having the wing spoiler. And I, you know, boy, do I do this? You know, there's so much you can do with a Mustang and you, George, you really complicate people's lives. I hope you know that. Hey, I like John. that. <laughs> I like that. Listen to this. So um, George used to do um, like a, garage sale if you will uh every year and um so i was going through his stuff at the garage sale one year and i came across a set of headlights that uh george was going to use i think it was for a sema build that i think the idea got scrapped or something george you can correct me if i'm wrong on that but um so uh -huh. i bought those and they were a chrome inside bezel john of the headlights and you know there's aftermarket companies that do those right now but these were ford stamped lights Wow. So um, as far as I know, they're the only set that exists for them because it was supposed to be for a SEMA build. And they are in my car to this day. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, I've seen those kind of lights before. I said, you've seen something similar, but you haven't seen these. And yeah. I always point out the Ford Oval that's stamped on that glass. <laughs> yeah, this is a real deal. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, George, you kind of do prototyping stuff for some design exercises, maybe some initiatives they're looking at? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the SEMA cars drive a lot of that. You know, they give us cars and, and give us data to build components for the cars. And then, you know, they'll stand back and look at it and go, oh, well, that's, you know, that's something we can supply. And like the Mach 1 turned out that way. We won a design award with the uh, our car in 02, I guess it was. And then um, we were able to help the well with the design, doing the hood and the shaker hood for the oh, three and four i always forget it was three or four or two and three yeah, but right. um for the shaker hood we did we did the shaker components we did the grill eliminator the the grill eliminator the yeah the basically yeah. grill delete section yeah. on the on the mock and the uh graphics on the side that whole package basically was supplied to the production line through us wow that's so cool i gotta tell you guys um you, know, you think about this stuff happening so many years ago and, and about SEMA. And of course, with the word this year that a lot of the big OEMs, Ford included, are not going to SEMA. Uh, where are these ideas going to happen? And George, I'm sure you still go to SEMA. I do. I mean, but if um, as, as the OEMs kind of looked beyond this now and let, let this go to the aftermarket and companies like CDC rather than to be big players as they used to be at, because Mike, you were there and you told me like the Ford footprint there and, and at the Vegas Convention Center was so huge and Ford out front, we kind of owned it. And to see them go, is, it's kind of tough. Where do these ideas come from? Yeah, that's, that's very, very sad to, to go. Like you said, 
Ford owned Ford out front, basically, right? I mean, everything was surrounded by that and just had so many great memories. And then you go on, you go in and see the big Ford stage and you'll see the cars. And George had a car in there basically every single year. And when I was at Roush, I had the same pleasure of putting one on the stage. And it takes a ton of work to do a SEMA car. Yeah. But it's stuff that normally people don't see. And George was actually able to put that stuff into production for his company to make people have their cars a little bit cooler. Like I said, everything's different and customizable. And Mustang is the king of that for, uh, you know, our hobby. So, George, are you okay with the idea that the aftermarket can just fill that space and be those people and you don't really need the OEMs there? Yeah, no, I, I that was always kind of... Uh... <laughs> The OEMs being there was uh, was good. The initiative's still there. That's what, that's what I was trying to say. Was the initiative's still there because Ford still does, and GM and Chrysler, everybody still does their um, initiatives for for doing dollar cars and promoting right different aftermarket styling pieces or performance pieces. Even you know a lot of companies do performance or wheels or suspension, whatever. I mean, they the their cars are still out there, so the aftermarket is still developing them. Um, it's just they're not they're not on stage at at the OE, so they're basically back in their own booths or finding their own spaces to to display at. Right there, there were sure plenty of even though Ford wasn't there this year, there's sure plenty of Fords and Broncos, and Mustangs, and the the oh, I mean the aftermarket was there in spades doing great work. Uh, the, yep. the thought from enthusiasts though is that if Ford's not doing it in house and they're letting that go to the aftermarket, that that's a a discipline. That can really help you when it comes to design and styling and trends. Um, you know, you can't call Mike Ray every five minutes and ask him what's going on and talk to some members and use him as you know a sounding board, even though I do all the time. <laughs> George can too; he knows that. Well, <laughs> well, but I'm, what I'm trying to say, Mike, is that you know, with with the OEMs out of that, you know, it's it's. It's, it's an integral part of being a auto company to be on top of that stuff. So it's good that you have such a good re working relationship, George, because those those are needed skills within, I think, a big car company. And I hear, if this is a rumor or not, Mike, you can correct me if I'm wrong, SEMA now next year is looking to open up at least part of the show to, to the general public. Uh, still have the, the industry part for a couple of days, but bringing it outside, having a, having some of the, the show cars coming out and letting people, letting the general public getting admission tickets to see uh, after the, the trade part of it's over, to some of at least the, the the wonderful work that's being done in the aftermarket. To, and I think, I don't know what you guys think, I think it's a pretty good idea. Yeah, I've heard it a couple of times before, uh, but I don't think it ever came to fruition. But George, what do you think? They well, they actually did do that. They they opened the outside areas, like the Ford out front area, the, the whole outside of the halls area was open to the public. You oh, yeah, outside was, John, yeah. Well, I mean, next year they're going to have actually two days of, you know, bringing a lot of the show out and bringing, uh, selling tickets to big people in there. It's not going to be just an industry show of the whole time. It's going to be uh, a trade show for credentialed people only for a couple of days, and then it's going to be opened up to the public. I think, you know, that's a that's not a bad idea. George, why are the crowds so big there? If it, Can all those people be really from the industry, or are they sneaking in people? That's what I hear. Everybody's sneaking in people, and and I I don't know. I'm not a big fan of opening it to the public just because, you know, you're there. You're spending the enormous amount of money to have a booth and to to talk to people that are your potential buyers, right? Distributors, installers, whatever you want. Um, instead, you're you're kind of talking with the general public that says, "Hey, I need one of these for my one car." And it's like we're here to. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you well, I wasted a lot of time to, to somebody, yeah. an enthusiast, which I love, but I'd, I'd rather talk to them at a car show rather than a, a you know, a business. And situation. I think if you'd ask Mike Ray, he would rather that all those SEMA cars stay SEMA cars and that nobody sees them until he can call people like George Huseman and say, hey, can you bring your SEMA car to my show? <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a, a car that George made that hasn't been displayed at Memories at one year or another. Well, that, and George, that really kind of drives the clubs to, to stay connected with a lot of the aftermarket suppliers and bring those one-offs that they don't get to see, uh, the cars that have kind of set the pace for you know, new trends in the industry. And I, I'm, I think that's probably, you're probably right. Maybe it's, it's a good thing. It stays primarily a trade show, even though, you know, as a journalist back when I worked at Auto Week and again with Edmonds, uh, going there is, it's a special place. It's just, it, the yeah, there, just your eyes are filled with the ideas in the aftermarket are just amazing. And without that, I can't see where the industry would be going. I don't know if any company could capture all of what you see at SEMA. So, Hats off to your. You're going to still stay involved, then, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We'll always we'll always be involved with it. That's 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 my passion, right? Right. So now the question is, you know, you you go to Carlisle. What are the, some of the other shows that you attend? I know Carlisle Ford Nationals probably the biggest Ford party on. But uh, have you considered some other things? Maybe doing things uh, with the Fox, with the new, with all the pushing out towards the Fox Body, Foxtoberfest. I mean, big shows like you know. Um, Ponies in the Smokies or Stang Invasion. Uh, yeah. the, the hobby's changing, George. And I mean, it's changing a lot, and it's really, really more, more and more difficult to get to all those events. You know, and, I mean, yeah. to me, exposure is the key, but it's really difficult to go to, you know, the Smokies and the to the to the beaches and to the, everywhere. I mean, that's why you want to get your your enthusiast, um, and you know, customers out there getting more parts out there so people can see them but it's hard to do it as a company well we got to tell you the the bottom line staying connected with the car clubs um when the when people buy your products in a in a club and bring them to a club show you know there mike what we're talking about 450 clubs are in ford performance club connect right now yeah everybody bought one little thing from cdc and took it to their car show george i think your products are your best advertising yeah, I mean, I'd like it to speak for themselves, but there's so much other stuff out there now, so it's a lot more competitive, you know. Yeah, it it sure is, and don't we know Mike in the uh, in the competitive scene? You know, you used to be the only player at Ford World headquarters, and now, oh my God, what happened? Yeah, I heard uh, there's gonna be like four shows there this year, which is you know, it to me it's good and bad. I mean, you know, hey, I'd like to be the leader of that, you know what I mean? But uh, then again, too, does does it water down our show? Uh, you know, I think it's depending on what you're you're gonna you're gonna see and what you're gonna offer the the spectator, the participant. What are they gonna see? What are they gonna get from your show? And I, I still think that um, we got that pretty much locked down. Oh, you sure do, and it's all a good thing, uh, folks. Uh, we're just all happy that all of you love to personalize your Mustang, and uh, we just think that um, it's all good. And we we're so happy that you do take that effort to make yours just that little extra special touch on it. And um, that's why you owe it yourself to visit ClassicDesignConcepts.com and check out what George has to offer. George, again, from all the people out there in Mustang land listening to the Mustang Owners Podcast tonight, we want to thank you for your time, for spending this time with us. I, I love it. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk again. Absolutely, Mike. It's always great. Thank you for connecting us up. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you 
for listening in on this episode of the Mustang Owners Podcast. So until next time, we'll catch you down the road.